Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Tonight's show, everybody. Uh, today's May 21st, 2015, and we are in our sixth show in the health series. I'm Donna Smith. I'm filling in for Alan Smith. Um, he's on a new schedule, uh, as everyone knows. And as we move forward with our health shows, now our regular trucking shows are going to be on Saturday with Alan as the host. So um, we do have a couple of them scheduled, one with Paul Taylor of Trucker's Justice Center, and then we have another one with Elaine Papp and Dr. Randolph Rosarian. Uh, to discuss the new diabetes rule, and we'll talk about more at the uh, at the end of the show. Uh, next week's health show will be with Doc on call 24/7, and that's where you can speak to a doctor 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year. But getting back to tonight's show, we want to combine a couple of topics which are um, dear to everyone's heart: truck driver wages and truck driver health. And uh, to aid us in this show tonight, we have Pat Huckaday, uh, known as JoJo, on his website, and which is Truckers United, and his Facebook page. Uh, Pat's a veteran driver who is committed and determined to address the issue of trucker wages. Uh, and if you've read, you know, whatever he's written, and he's written quite a bit, either on his Facebook page or on his website, you'll know he has put... Um, a lot of thought and heart into it. Uh, now, when we speak about truck driver wages and health, um, one one has to ask themselves, who, who has the power to change things, really? So certainly you'd say, well, the driver has the power, you know, to change many of his, uh, many of his choices in life. As we've discussed in previous shows, many drivers have faced challenges and they have overcome them, things like time, parking, cost of food, opportunities to cook, exercise, things like that. Uh, it's all about desire and commitment. But I can't help but ask myself, what about the company you drive for? Is there any responsibility there? Uh, many carriers say they're promoting better uh, trucker health, but knowing the lifestyle of the trucker, are they supporting the challenges they face, or are they adding to the list of challenges? And this is something I think we really need to think about and discuss. And that's not to take accountability away from the driver. <laughs> We're not about excuses and victimization over here, but, you know, we have to be real also. So um, just I just want to give you an example. Uh, one of the questions, you know, do drivers get paid enough? Are they encouraged to see a doctor if they're sick and be paid for it? 
I don't know how many out there, you know, of you who are listening actually are told, hey, go to a doctor, we'll pay for it while you're out on the road. I'm kind of curious myself. By the way, to be a part of the show tonight, um, it just dial in 347-826-9170. And if you want to be a part of the show, you have to click one on your uh, keypad. And that kind of puts a little notification up for us so that we know you want to ask a question. So anytime during the show you decide, oh, I want to ask a question, you know, just click one on your keypad, and uh, and I'll see I'll see you up there. So <clears throat> tonight we want to um, speak about not just the challenges that drivers face uh, trying to take command of their health on the road, which isn't an easy task, I, I know. Uh, but to correlate the effects of their wages towards their health, uh, which, by the way, have been stagnant now for over 20 years. Um, And pretty much everybody kind of knows that. So uh, for those of you who missed prior shows, they're all in our um, archive page. They're also in iTunes, um, and especially the health shows, because this is the sixth one now. And most people tend to listen to the replays. Even if they listen to the live show, I know a lot of people go back and listen to the replay. So um, just to give you a little review of past shows, um, I'm just going to touch on this. We've discussed so far the basics of taking first steps, uh, introduced to the foods to stay away from, and what foods to replace them with. We've also discussed the importance of support groups, We've defined what many of the ingredients are in our food-like food supply that we have right now. Um, example, processed foods usually contain preservatives, colorants, chemicals, GMOs, artificial flavors, things like that. Um, we are uh, living in a time where our food supply is compromised due to overprocessing, excessive, excessive, excessive sugar content, <laughs> Chemicals, heavy metals, excessive herbicides, pesticides, hydrogenated fats, high fructose corn syrup, and genetically modified foods. So we've discussed the relationship between our food supply and how it affects our body, how it causes inflammation, how it compromises our immune system, and finally, uh, autoimmune disease, which is on a pretty high, scary incline right now. Just one more note, uh, information we share on the show is from the research that we've done. We encourage everyone to do the same, although we have taken um, every precaution to ensure that the information we share is valuable, trustworthy, and from credible sources. We still encourage everyone to do the same. So uh, here we go. Let's... Um, uh, again, to call in, 347-826-9170, press 1 on your keypad if you want to be part of the show. And I'm very excited tonight to um, introduce uh, Pat Huckaday, founder of Truck Drivers, truckersunited.org. And I have to find him here. Oh, my goodness, there's so many people on here now. Um, I'll be right with you, Pat. Let's see here. Holy cow, there's a lot of people on um there we go. Sorry everybody. I just I just looked up and the, the switchboard was loaded and I had to find his number. Hey hey Pat, how you doing? Well good evening, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm great. You know, I'm still new at this um this show thing, you know. I, I kinda took over and did the, the Wednesday night 
of the Thursday night shows for health when Alan's uh, schedule changed. So then he went to Saturdays. And so um, it's a, it's still a little new and confusing. I'm getting better at it. But um, I just happened, you know, I was reading my notes, and I look up, and the, and the switchboard's all full, and I had to find you. So anyway, that's uh, – we found you. You're here. And thanks so much for taking um, time tonight. I know you're you're a driver, and I know how busy you guys are. So, um, how you doing it right now? I'm doing good. Um, I got lucky. My load got postponed one day, so I've got a day to play with. And so far as being new to these things, boy, am I ever! I, this this the internet is brand new to me. I, I've always shied away from it. But in order to get the message out, I had to go there. So I'm I'm learning as I go. Oh yeah, and the more you do, you know, the more second nature it all becomes. Um, it is overwhelming at, at first, especially because there's so many learning curves. You know, with the website, learning how to do that, all the social media platforms, and I mean, it's it's it is it is overwhelming. But you'll get it. We all do. So. Um, anyway, I want everybody to um, tell us a little about yourself, about Truckers United, your goals, who who is Pat Huckaday, and uh, just a a, a, well, a broad picture. Well, I'm just uh, 56 years old. I've, I've been in and around trucking since 1989. I've, I've worked in the shop. I've worked as a mechanic. Uh, you know, I've, I've done master uh, master of none, you know, Um Jack of all, master of none. I guess that's what it is, the way it goes. Um, money. You know, I, I uh, bought my first truck in '09. I worked as a company driver. Actually, I ran a lease truck for about three years, and then I bought my truck. But even as a lease operator, you know, the money is really tight. Um, I guess I could start my story back in 1989. I went to work for a company. And they said, we're going to pay you 18 cents a mile. And, and my first question was, good, how many miles a week do I get? Well, it doesn't work that way now, does it? But isn't that what a regular citizen, a, a nine-to-fiver, would think? X amount, of money, X amount of dollars for X amount of hours worth. Um, I'm no different back then, and I'm no different today. This job requires a lot of hours. Um, there were safety regulations. They outline all of this, but we ignore it, or we've been taught to ignore it. Um, that's why I kind of came up with this concept. Uh, gave it a lot of thought for a lot of years and, and, and talked with a lot of people over the years and, and really... Struggled to find little Fred here. He's all excited. Uh, really struggled to find a formula that that would apply. You know, this is a lifestyle. I don't deny that, but it's also a job, and a job requires getting paid. We hear all too often, "Oh, it's part of the job." Is it really? Is it really well, part you know, of the job? Right, right. I mean, and that's the thing. There's so many hours um, that aren't paid for, and that's what everybody is pretty much uh, up in arms about. Um, you know, detention pay, you know, 
getting stuck in traffic or uh, the weather. Um, you know, there's so many different things that can happen, and your time is uh, money. So all drivers think of is, you know, they well, they got to keep going, keep going, keep going, because every mile you go is, is another dollar made or, or right. 30 right. cents. <laughs> Yeah, but drivers anyway. think more in the terms of, of pieces or miles run or tw- tonnage right. salt, you know. They don't really and, consider time. And and it, that's a that's a pretty stressful thing to really, you know, and that's what we're going to get into. But before we get into the effects of the wages, I, I thought we'd just, you know, touch a little bit on the wages themselves. You know, what what aren't they paid for? I mean... I mean, think about all the different things that you aren't paid for. Um, and like I said, I brought up detention time. You know, I, some companies pay it, but I don't know, you know, an awful lot. Then you've got your pre-trip inspections, post-trip inspections. I mean, you know, what are some of the things drivers do, Pat, that you're not paid for? Oh, well, of course, there's always wait time or company company forced detention as well as detention at the docks. What about fueling? What about paperwork? I mean, we could go on and on. Um, What I realized, I turned things around, and I realized, wait a minute, a driver earns $600 a week. That, in effect, was his weekly salary for 168 hours of, of being at work. And people get confused. At work and working are two different things. But I'm a journeyman carpenter. I used to run, you know, construction crews and construction jobs. I once paid, I've got the numbers here because I want to use it as an example, paid a 40-man crew $19 an hour, excuse me, $14 an hour each to eat lunch every day. So 14 hours times 40 men times a half hour times five days, that's $1,400 a week to pay a crew to eat lunch. Why? I had to maintain control of my crew. Boss man told me, no more drinking beer at lunch. How do you tell a working man what to do on his own time? I paid him. I paid the crew for their lunch. Plain, simple, and easy. Didn't bother me a bit. Um... I turned well, I can around. understand, like, though, not drinking. Not, did you say not drinking beer during work time? Well, at lunch, the, the, the crew would go over to the pub and they'd have a beer with their hamburger. Yeah, we all did it. This is back in the 80s. It, you know, this is when they first started coming out with um, uh, drug testing and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And this was on a you know twenty story at the time we were probably about fourteen stories up and Bossman was concerned about space. So tell the tell the crew they can't drink at lunch anymore. Okay, boss, I'll take care of it. <laughs> right. But there's more than one way to skin a cat, in other words. You know. Who again, I'm not paying them for their lunch hour break. I have no jurisdiction over them on their lunch break. Who am I to tell them what they can and can't do? The obvious solution would have been, I think you've been drinking, therefore I'm going to spend lots of money to test you to see if you've been drinking, and if I find out you have been drinking, I'm going to fire you. 
it was just much easier and simpler to say, don't drink, I'm paying you for your lunch hour. I had control of their time. I bought their time. So, you know, that's kind of how I think. Um, truck driver today, company, and I'm, I'm specifically talking about over-the-road drivers more so. They are not being compensated, or are they? Like I said, $600 uh, a week for 168 hours, what does that break down to? I, I don't think I have that number figured up here. But, you know, what is well, that, that, $3 that's, an hour or something like that? Well, that's what I, you know, you have it very well uh, written out on your website, truckersunited.org. And, um, you know, we were we were reading it. And and I think the the best thing that I got out of that was, first of all, um, to me, okay, uh, especially when you cl- click on JoJo's paper in the menu bar and it explains the whole idea of your uh, addressing the, the truck wage uh, problem, it's, it's like a door opening for conversation. And uh, you kind of started this conversation off. And to me, it's a discussion on a topic that so many drivers complain about, and, and rightfully so. And you've taken the topic and this important issue and have opened it up now for debate. And I know, you know, it, it's, it is very, very detailed. Um, so if it's people go over it and they detailed. really want to see, um, you know, how you're thinking and everything, because you invite people. And these people. are only suggestions, by the way. Well, that's what I was I'm not say. the boss. You know, I'm not the, the commanding officer. It's just not up for me to decide. The driver right. Well, you invite people to, to bring their ideas. That's that's the, the nice um, part the about it. The need to interact. And we, we need to decide upon amongst ourselves what is a good plan to go after. And then we've got to go after it. If there's no desire to change things, things won't get changed. Well, I think it's a matter of people, you know, just, you know, they, they have to hash it out. And, and there's so many people who discuss it and have great ideas on this. But it's a matter of taking those ideas and then moving forward and coming together, and instead of having, you know, a lot of different, you know, places where all these ideas are to kind of centrally locate them. And, and of course, we were talking about that the other day, uh, you and I, Pat, about the, the, the forum over on um, North American Trucking Alert and Trucking Social Media. Correct, yes. And, and then, I mean, you actually can have a forum on your site, too. I mean, it doesn't matter where it is, um, just so that it can be interactive. And um, anyway, so it, it's a great idea because it's really making people think and not only making them think because a lot of them have thought about it already, but to respond. In other words, if I don't like, you know, your idea about one thing, yeah, I think this is better. And after a while now, um, this uh, truck driver shortage, which, you know, to me, tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, wages seems to be the number one thing. And, and I was reading the other day that they're trying to say, no, nah, wages isn't it. Um, you know, it's home look time. What end, you look, know, look it's, what the it's, industry's they, done to itself. You, yeah. you know, they, they, they lie, they cheat, they take advantage. 
And then that those people go home and they say, no, 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 you don't want to be a truck driver. They tell you a bunch of lies. They don't live up to what what they say. But the industry has black black you know, has, has made themselves look bad in the in the eyes of prospective labor. So now right. we have all these uh, TV commercials. Make the big bucks. Make the big bucks. Every driver out here gets approached every other day by somebody wanting to bum money because, after all, we make the big bucks. Do we really? Hey, you know, I I have a question for you. And we were talking about this the other day. You made a post on your Facebook page that a certain company had were hiring new drivers out of school for 18 cents a mile. Is that true? We actually have a, a, a man that came to work for us, and he was a trainer for that company. And we were talking a month back. He said, well, guess what the trainee earns when he gets out of my truck? And I said, 25 cents. He said, no, 18 cents. So I chased down this young man the other day to ask him, specifically ask him about this. Now, he was a veteran, so he was drawing 27 cents a mile. But he told me that the other students from the company truck driving school started at 15 to 18 cents a mile. So that kind of confirmed what, you know, my new workmate had already told me. So I kind of laid down some math and put that on the uh, on the post on the Facebook. Well, uh, that, I mean, I was floored, um, and I, I brought it to Alan's attention, and, and, you know, he was floored. Hey, I remember when... Um, we had our moving business, and a, and a gentleman came in and applied for one of the driving jobs we had. And I remember him telling us he was new, and he was making $0.22 cents a mile on his previous job. And I was floored. I mean, I just about yeah. fell over. I thought that was so low. I'm thinking to myself, how in the world do you live on that? Because we paid our um, – Alan made sure that he paid – the drivers, um, even the workers, because uh, we had household goods, so even the workers were paid very, very well because he understood what it was like uh, to work hard and get paid. So I remember, and that, and we sold in 2005 that business. So now you're going back almost 10 years. Now you're telling well, you... me that it's even lower 10 years later, and then there's a driver shortage. Hello. <laughs> I started out at 18 cents a mile in 1989, for crying out loud. Yeah. This is where we've gone. Nowhere. Nowhere. You you really can't say that. There have been small token mileage increases. But but just to give you an example, um, well, let me get my numbers right, $1,392. First, we got to understand, truck drivers work an eight-day week. Remember, the law says 70 hours in eight days. So that makes it confusing to calculate as well. But if we, if we stick with an eight-day week, 1,000, no, let's back up. Let's go to a seven-day week. Let's work the law of averages. Eight and three-quarter hours a day, every day, nonstop. So eight and three-quarter hours in a Seven-day week is 61.25 hours a week. Multiply that times, oh, excuse me, 
me back up. I'm, I'm a little nervous here. So if we oh, take okay. $1,218 $1, and divide that by 3,000 miles, that's 40.6 cents a mile. $1,218 divided by 168 hours equals 725 the minimum wage. Um, people, this is not an hourly. This is a salary. Any salary is a base contract. I will give you X number of hours work for X number of hours pay. We work on a rolling clock within a rolling calendar. There are so many variables involved. You've got to come up with a system that is easy to manage, easy to work with with a pay within a seven day payroll, even though you're working an eight eight hour eight 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 day work week. Example, one thousand three hundred ninety two dollars times one hundred and ninety two hours, that's eight days, divided by one thousand three hundred 1392 dollars divided by eight days one hundred ninety two dollars divided one excuse me one thousand I'm sorry I've lost it hey Pat you know what I've got to go to I've got to go to, to a commercial I'm gonna get get it all together. And when we come back, we'll talk about it a little more, and then we want to get into the effects on the the health also. So um, we'll be back in a minute. We'll go to a quick commercial. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, Pat, you still there? Yes, ma'am. I've got to apologize for that. I've kind of learned from talking to drivers that if I start with minimum wage, it's it's, it's almost an insult to them. 
And I right. understand that, that. And I saw that on the comments, but you were you were doing it on a 24-hour type of basis. Well, and I'm trying to do my math in reverse so that I end up with 725, so it's not the initial focus. But $1,392 eight days divided by eight days divided by 24 hours equals 725 an hour. Right, now, right, and, 1, and that's where they lost you. Right. $1,392 for eight days, well, that pays for what? 70 hours work in eight days, up to 70 hours work in eight days. So you do the math. 1392 divided by 70 hours, now you have $19.88 a work hour. See, I, 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 I've got a salary rate, this is how we come up with the end salary pay scale. I can't say I'm going to pay you $1,000 a week. Oh, but you earned four days off this week. How do I deduct that four days? Or, oh, you worked more than, you worked, uh, you know, uh, four weeks at seven days a week. I owe you what? It's much easier to be precise, to break it down into a workable increment of time. So what I'm talking about is an hourly salary rate. If we start at seven twenty-five an hour hourly salary rate for a student driver just getting out of truck driving school, we can then escalate off of that. It also ties, we're in a minimum wage, like it or not, that's the standard we have to live up to, minimum wage. Um, I've got an example here, 10 cents a mile times uh, 429 miles a day, and I come up with that mathematically, eight hours drive time. 429, that's 42.90 a day salary at 10 cents a mile, okay? That's what drivers were earning back in the early 70s. That comes out to $1.78 an hour per a 24-hour clock. That was just about minimum wage back in the 70s. So they right. were working no, I, together. I, I understand. And, and if people go to your website, um, truckersunited.org, and they click on that JoJo's paper, they can read all these details and yes. and you know what you're trying what you're trying to say, and I I email I got a um, I got a comment today on the on the blog and it was a gentleman who was offered a job um, right out of col right out of not college right out of uh, truck driving school new grad, and he was offered four fifty to five hundred a week, and uh, the funny thing is the job was paying. Um, higher for you know a veteran driver but they they started him lower and and i i think from the way it was written he might have been a little insulted that he was only being offered for 50 to 500 a week and it was for a 60 hour week and when he did the math it came to 750 to 833 an hour so uh, you know now he doesn't want to go otr and i don't know he might be listening tonight um because we invited him to listen to the show but uh, he didn't want to do OTR. He wants to be a family guy. He wants to stay home, be home on weekends. And truthfully, you know, uh, I'm surprised that he was offered a job because of the insurance uh, regulations. I remember yeah. when, when we were in business, 
they wouldn't let us hire anybody driving with less than two years experience so and not only that but you know also shared the story of what the new drivers are getting now if they're lucky um 30 cents a mile and then you you come up with these companies 20 cents a mile so he might be able to make 60 uh 600 a week based on a 2000 mile week but that's only well, um, $600 versus the 450 to 5. So, you know, you kind of have to weigh it out. If you don't want to go OTR, then even if you think it's not worth uh you're not being paid enough, it you know, to me it was it was still a um and you know, it's funny because uh when these when these um questions come in on the blog, I usually forward them over to Alan when he gets home he answers them but you know I've listened to him so long and this gentleman needed an answer right away because he was he had to get back to the guy and tell him and I thought okay you know uh what what would Alan say I've been listening to for so long and I thought okay this is what he would say and and you know I'm going to ask him when he comes home and you know hopefully he'll say yeah you're right or and no, you're wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's what he would say. So anyway, I, I hope he is. And um, and hey, are when you I... up for? Are you up for? Uh, I've got some hands up here, and I I hate to have people hanging on. You you ready for okay. a, a question? Uh, well, let me just address that. When when I was pulling a rock bucket working locally, we got paid uh-huh. out of time. However, the state law required that we make a minimum of minimum wage per hour. So if our tonnage didn't add up the minimum wage, the company, you know, had to write us a check for the difference. So, again, driver jobs are based on minimum wage. It's just how do we uh, adjust that? How do we make it realistic for an over-the-road driver who is basically at work 24-7? Right, right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a caller right now, and this is um this this has been on a, a long time. Area code eight one zero. Hello, Hello area Donna, code eight one zero. Tom. Hey, Tom. How I'm, are you? Good. I'm using a different phone tonight because my phone decided it, t- it needed some time off and um take a, took a vacation this afternoon. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't recognize the number. There's a bunch of them up here, though. So, um, actually, I, I recognize, let's see, I recognize a couple of them. But a lot of them are, are just, you know, all new numbers. Well, uh, a couple of things. For, uh, for, first, for, for you, uh, are you familiar with Dr. Michael Belzer and any of the work he's done with his book, Sweatshop on Wheels, or any of that? Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, I, I bought... That book for Alan as a birthday present about two years ago, and um, I haven't read it, and I've been wanting to, and it's a matter of time. No, it's it's not time. It's discipline. It's saying, okay, I'm going to sit down and read that book. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an opportunity to be on some conference calls with him over the, uh, last summer, where we were discussing a lot of driver wage issues, and, and also Jerry Fritz, who's a, a big advocate for reforming safety and driver wages, was on some of those calls as well. And Jerry's has always been a big fan of basically making drivers skilled and skilled labor and essentially creating a, a minimum wage. Dr. Belzer, who used to be a truck driver himself, 
before becoming an economist and studying this, actually, and I wish I remember all the points, uh, showed us why long-term it would not be in the advantage to become minimum wage for drivers, but instead to do a hybrid system of basically miles and work. So essentially, <laughs> excuse me just a moment. So essentially, if I remember everything correctly, is if you have detention time, you'd be paid for your detention time. If you got pulled into a steel house for DOT inspection, you'd be paid for that. And after listening to some of his logic, to me that seems like the more, more logical and actually probably the simpler way, which kind of brings up the next thing is, because in many respects, we're seeing now drivers saying, well, we want our drivers our wages fixed, and they're running to various government agencies, such as the FMCSA, saying, well, we don't like our hours of service, we're not being paid fair, and all of this, but if you look at what the FMCSA's mandate is, their mandate is not wages. They're, they're kind of limited, very limited as to what they can do on that, because yeah. their mandate is safety. So that kind of brings us to, to the next thing, which is our service of Elon. Now, we can argue all day whether they're good, bad, or evil. I'm just going to throw out an alternative viewpoint, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm doing this more for the sake sake of discussion. If you look at Elon's an hour in service of this way, is we keep saying we spend a lot of time off the clock, but we're not getting paid for it. And uh, we spend a lot of time with certain shippers and receivers, and I'm sure if anybody has hauled food products, two or three you know, nationwide stores come to mind immediately. That you just sit for hours in the dock at their mercy, and if for some reason you get delayed there for any reason, you run out of hours, well, you still have to leave. And furthermore, they've burned up you know, three, four, five, or eight or more hours on your clock for the day, and you're not getting compensated for it in some cases. So the point was if we start using e-logs and some of these other things, is the e-logs, I'm not saying they can't be tampered with, but everybody knows paper logs. Drivers have a history of, of fudging and messing around with them. E-logs, you can't. So if you start using e-logs as a time card, you now give companies ammunition because you start talking ahead to some of these companies. They say 10, 15 years ago, if they walked into a customer and said, our drivers are getting held up here, we want to start charging you detention pay, they would have laughed us out and probably called our competitor. Now we can go in with these stacks of papers that show how much time our drivers are losing in their docks, and it's giving us leverage. So... One of the things that I throw out is it's a two-sided part of the coin is, yes, companies do need to pay drivers more, but drivers are going to have to start accepting some of these things or, or be willing to consider some of these things for years that we've said, hey, we don't want to do this, we don't want to do this, because it, it limits, uh, uh, reduces some of our freedom and our flexibility. Well, we may have to be willing or consider if we want more pay, or more revenue streams coming in, then you're going to have to maybe give up some of your flexibility. Because the way I'm looking at it is, and I'm a company driver, I want as many revenue streams as possible. Because if something happens to my miles for one week, for whatever reason, maybe it's a snowstorm, 
Now, I don't expect my company to pay me for Mother Nature messing things up. But if I have other alternative revenue streams that are coming in from the company in terms of detention pay and things of that nature, I'm not going to be as worried about pressing on when the weather's bad. So th- that's why I think and, and that's, as drivers that's, we need to diversify. That's an important thing you just said about you're not going to be pushing on, and that's what being paid cents per mile does uh, because you only make money when the truck is moving. And but, but, this but has the been data, the problem. If, if you're running, and how if can you're you running, be regulated? Go ahead. But if you're running legal, you only have a certain number of hours you can run, run a week. So if exactly. I shut down today, if I shut down a few hours early today, I still have the rest of the week to make up those hours. That's the thing is, is, is when you get right down to it, the drivers who fuss about it the most are the ones who are tra- cramming in hours above and beyond. If you can only drive a maximum, and that's not counting post-trips and pre-trips and fueling, of 70 hours a week, uh, I said you you've only got so much time in there. If you look at it, there's plenty, or, there's plenty of time. And, and the thing is I've had days where I've shut down early. Maybe I, I want to do 500 miles that day. I only ended up doing 300 miles. But instead, I shut down early. The next day, I was able to wait out the storm, maybe started a little bit later, was able to knock out the miles. And the thing is, in reality, I probably drove more miles on those two days because otherwise I'm burning up the clock and going slower because in that bad weather, I might have only been able to do 40 miles an hour Whereas now the storm has passed, I'm going 55, 60, 65. And that's the one thing that as drivers we've got to start looking at, the big picture. The way we did things for years, I'm not saying it was wrong, but things are changing and we have to start looking at things from a broader perspective. But but the bottom exactly. line is that there's still, and, you know, Pat, you know, help me out here, but as far as well, I I'll see jump it. in if you don't mind. No, Jerry I'd Fritz love for you I, to jump in. Jerry Fritz and I are good friends, and I'm very familiar with Jerry's mileage plus hourly. That's how they got paid back in the 70s uh, during regulation, or many of them got paid back in the 70s. Um, I've got a paycheck stub here that Jerry passed on to me where a driver was making 26, six, 26 cents a mile plus $9.40 an hour. This was from 1978. $0.26 a mile, $9.40 an hour. That $9.40 an hour covered the time for dropping and hooking, uh, backing up to the dock and whatnot. From from what I read through the uh, computer printouts, there wasn't a lot of hourly pay on these checks. It was bare minimum. Jerry also feels like we should model ourselves after the railroad engineers. Railroad engineers get paid mileage, plus they get paid hourly. They get their hotel rooms and whatnot. They got their shuttle cars that go out and pick them up. I, I'm not real familiar with it. I've, I've asked Jerry to write this up, and we'll put it on the website. Um, boy, e-logs, ELDs. This is this has been going on since the, the mid '90s. The companies have been working towards it, especially after DOT figured out, hey, look here. We've got exact location and a timestamp. We can compare this against logbooks. 
So this has been a battle that's been going on for 20-plus years, and they are just now getting ready to close the trap door. We have people on e-logs right now today, and the drivers think they are operating letter of the law. No, they're not. They're not operating letter of the law. They're close to it, yes, but they're not operating letter of the law. This is why we need to think about any type of system that will fairly compensate drivers. I can take my formula, my salary formula, to anybody's paycheck. I basically did this with uh, the paycheck stuff. That driver that was earning 26 cents a mile and 9.40 an hour basically made about, if I remember right, $4.60 an hour. This is when minimum wage was $2.30 an hour. This is an example of how truck driver wages have gone downhill. Um, If you really look at the numbers and compare them, and I haven't even begun to start on that, by the way, um, there's a lot to be seen here. Well, on your website, uh, you do break it into uh, different categories. Um, I'm trying to to see. Um, I've listened to drivers over many years as I've thought about this. Drivers complain about training. Well, is training really the problem, or is it the fact that when the, 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 the novice driver gets out of training, he's a, considered an experienced driver? We put two students in a truck and call them an experienced team. You know, we have six-month drivers with six-month experience being driver trainers. There is no measure of experience. So I kind of, again, I had to make this all work out mathematically and logically. So I combined an apprenticeship-type system, a graduated license, which allows a student, a novice, time to mature into an experienced driver. Now, to hit another point, an experienced driver should have exemptions. Look at how we just hand out exemptions willy-nilly today. Oh, you're going to haul heating oil in the winter, here's your exemption. Oh, you're going to haul logs in Oregon, here's your exemption. There's no consideration of experience. Right now, we don't have a measure of experience. With a graduated license, we would have a certain degree of measure, a timeline that we could measure experience against for mileage. I put experience in miles ramp. Um, And we can put restrictions on the licenses. Uh, a level one license may not be able to haul hazmat, may not be able to act as a first seat, may not be able to uh, pull a tanker, can't be a trainer, you see. And as they, they go through each 125,000-mile cycle, then they're tested to get certain endorsements or whatnot to move on to the next level. Again, this needs feedback. This needs discussion. Uh, well, you know, I just... With- I just- I just want to say something, you know, when people start pushing for miles, it is a safety, uh, it, it exactly. does affect the safety of the driver. And, and the FMCSA right now is even asking, does, does safety, uh, you know, the, the, the way drivers are paid, is it affecting their, the safety? I mean, it's coming up. Another thing I want to say, you talk about the graduation, graduated pay scale, uh, in other words, you know, the longer you've been driving, the more miles you've accumulated, 
the higher well, your pay should be. But it, it, but it is known that, um, and I've heard Alan say this, and, and other drivers too, there used to be a starving out process, you know, for drivers that were higher uh, higher wage, you know, coming out and and the new drivers coming in, it was like a, a business almost to churn them out. You know, they'd come in, they'd last maybe six months, a year, and they'd be working for fifteen, twenty cents a mile, whatever it was, and then driving team with the trainer, which to me is ridiculous. I hope they address this at LDAC over at the FMCSA. Um, you know, so they have almost were doing just the opposite, Pat, of punishing people for their time because they were expected to get paid more. Now, tell me if I'm wrong it's, it's, about it's that. It's benefit analysis. Really, think about it. If you have a 1,000 trucks, you're going to get as much out of each truck as you can. There is a threshold when it's cheaper or more profitable, I should say, to let one driver go and bring another driver in to replace them. When they start expecting a, a one penny a mile raise or whatnot, well, just let them go out the door and bring in a guy for a penny less a mile. It's, it's, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a, a, an assembly line. Just bring them in. Never throw them out. A revolving door. I'm gonna I'm gonna take another caller right now, Pat. Um, okay. Area, area code six three zero. Hello, area code Hello. six three zero. Hello. Am I there? You're there. Yes, Can you hear me? Okay. I guess one question: Pat seems to be assuming that drivers should be paid for all time away from home. I don't think that's a valid place to start. That's not done in other industries. You've talked about the rail industry a bit, uh, but in industries like rail, airlines, ships, where you're away from home, you're only paid for the time that you're working while you're away from home. So you need to go back to a min- expecting a minimum wage for hours worked, expecting drivers to get paid minimum wage for all time away from home isn't reasonable, and it's never going to happen. And the minimum wage law does apply. Um, you mentioned uh, doing rock hauling. If your piece rate doesn't come up to the minimum wage for the hours worked, it still applies, even for an over-the-road driver, that the company would have to pay the difference between the piece rate and what the minimum wage would be, and you have to document that with your hours of service logs. So, first of all, who do, who do we have on the line here? My name is Bob, Bob Stanton. Hey, Bob. Uh, I Hi, thought Bob. that was you. <laughs> you know, and, Sorry. and you know, the, the, these these are all you know open for discussion um, on that well, on that website, and I think that was the beauty of it because uh, Pat, you did uh, you know say hey if you have other ideas please put them down, and I think I think it's a great idea that people do discuss these things. How do you, how would you respond to Bob in that fashion? I think well you know first off it's, I think people get confused. I'm suggesting a salary. Now, you just can't pull a number out of error, so there's got to be a way to calculate. I, mean, I look at it this way. A CEO 
makes $355,000 a year. That's $1,000 a day. That's $1,000 a day whether he's sleeping, eating, on vacation, on the golf course. Somebody established that 365000 mark. So how do we, in this extremely diverse industry, establish a formula to make that $365,000 mark? There's so many variables. So by working off of seven twenty-five an hour as a starting point, we can do that. We can say seven twenty-five an hour is $174 a day. Oops. You only came to work at 8 o'clock this morning. Subtract eight hours. You only worked, were at work 16 hours. It's a salary. Um, and, and there can be consequences here. Hey, I'm not going to New York City. You can't make me. Okay, you're off the clock. You're not earning your salary. And earlier we said paid six times. I'm sick. You know, it's not, it's not my problem, the employer, that you're sick. I understand you're sick. I appreciate the fact that you're letting us know, and I'm going to, you know, rework your schedule so that you can be sick. But I'm not going to pay for it. You're off the clock. In other words, there can be consequences by having an hourly increment. Um, well, I think I, I think we, we we have to go back to yeah. There, there's definitely the wages. Um, they haven't gone up. These are facts. They haven't gone up in 20-plus years. Um, there is a driver shortage. That's a fact now. Um, I don't know how many people agree with that, but I, I think I think at this point a lot of people are saying, well, there's a shortage of drivers who want to come into this industry because of the lifestyle and the pay. Uh, the reward is low. I think that's really the issue. So, you know, everybody's trying to address now the shortage and what do we do, and it, and it always seems to come back to wages. Well, you know, we want to kind of turn this around a little bit, and um, and and what are the effects now? Because, I mean, my, my big thing is health, and, okay, now you're not earning enough money for the for what you're doing. You're for, you're, there's a lot of time you're not getting paid. Everybody will agree to that. Everybody, I think, will agree that they should be paid for the time not driving. And so now how does that create an unsafe environment and what does that do to a driver's health? And that's that's where, you know, I kind of want to lead to on here. And I know, uh, Pat, you had some uh, ideas about that. Um, well, stress was one of them. And I'm not uh, a doctor and, and I'm not a nutritionist and I'm definitely not a psychiatrist. Um, you know, when I was getting paid mileage, if the speed limit was 55 and my truck would run 70, I was running 70 miles an hour. Why? To make money. It's not difficult to avoid what we consider everyday laws. Uh, it's only 55. I'm only running five miles over. I've got a, I can run the speed limit, Okay. Pass truck by, trucks by out in the urban areas running the speed limit. I get into the city and I slow down, and now they're passing me by. Why are they breaking the law? They're breaking the law to earn money. So the pressure, the stress of earning money, 
know, they got bills to pay. They've got families to feed. How do they afford to send their children to the doctors? Uh, you know, the stress. The stress of well, burning stress the bus. And, and then, you know, we've we've spoken about, you know, drivers who want to be healthy on the road, and there's a lot of challenges for that. And, uh, we used to. You know, we one, used to one have those, restaurants to eat in. We don't have that anymore. Well, a lot of it is fast food, and a lot of it is just grab something and eat it. I don't have time if I sit down, you know, for, for an hour or so, unless, you know, you do it on your breaks. Um, you know, people don't want to take the time, and a lot of people are addressing their health, even though they do are faced with all these challenges. A lot of people are cooking in the truck. Um, Tom's one, he, he cooks in the truck. I know um, uh, Linda Caffey, I'm just trying to think of some names, um, Jeannie Lennox, Les Willis. There's there's quite a few people just off the top of my head I know that are really, you know, um, emphatic about about this, about their health, and they are dealing with it even though there are these challenges. However, okay, um, the cost of some of that is great also. So that's another challenge as you're as you're on the road uh, with the wages. But I, I, I think the, the stress and safety to me, and I've got, you know, Bob, I've got your line open. Tom, yours is open. Pat, of course, yours is. Um, how do you all feel about the wage system, the, the way the model is, cents per mile, how does it affect stress on a driver? Do you think it increases it? And, and what about the safety? Do you think it really does affect the safety? We've had two or three truck drivers get run over in the trucking parking lots uh, in the last six months that I'm aware of. Why? They can't slow down to go through the parking lot? No, that's not the point. They're burning up their 14-hour clock. What steps we have taken to make this industry safe have, in effect, made it unsafe. Um, you, you can only make so much money in any given amount of time. This is why piecework is no no good. You're always trying to make as many pieces in the allotted amount of time. If you were paid flat out for your time, that would no longer be a concern. If you allowed the managers, the people who are managing your time via their ELDs, if you make them do their jobs, then everything's okay. You follow their directions. You can either do it or you can't do it. Or you do it the way they want and they made a mistake, they get to pay for it. Make these laws, make these black boxes work for the driver. They've had 20 years to figure out how to make profit off of it. And that's what they're getting ready to do. I'll, I'll give somebody else a shot. I'm going to comment. I've been on an EOBR going on seven years now. I've worked, I work for, during that time, for major motor carriers that are Qualcomm equipped. Um, it's business. Those ca- I've worked for those carriers because they were efficient in matching my loads to my available legal hours of service, allowing me to run good miles while maintaining a safe and legal log 
and that's the business side of being an yeah. experienced trucker. Mm. I'm an owner-operator. I can't afford not to be legal. I have too much to lose. Don, this, this is Tom. One of the things that I, I'm kind of picking up that both Pat and Bob are saying kind of goes along with what I say, said earlier. A lot of it is how we look at things. The three of us are saying very similar things. We've got slightly different matters of perspective on it. But for the brief time that, that I chose to, to be a trainer for my co- uh, company before I left, I, didn't realize, I realized I no longer had the patience to do it. I'd occasionally get calls from my trainees, and they would be freaking out, saying, I didn't get my 500 miles, my 400 miles in the day. And I'm like, okay, well, what happened? Well, there was a delay here, or I had a flat tire or whatever. I'm like, well, what are your hours for the rest of the week? They tell me, how many miles have you driven for the rest of the week, or, or so far? And I'm like, so why are you worried? They're like, well, I didn't get my miles in. I goes, it doesn't matter because you're going to be able to get them in in the next couple of days. You've got to stop looking at by the day and look at by the week. I mean, I rarely look at my daily miles. I look at my weekly or my monthly miles. And that, to me, was was the true measure of how I was doing because I could always have a bad day. I could also have a really good day that would make up for the bad day. So I and I think a lot of it is is how we're looking at this perspective. A lot of the times as drivers, you know, if you look at Europe, they're using EOBRs incredibly successfully. It's actually in the contracts about their attention pay. It's not government regulations. It was basically the trucking companies and the drivers that says this is what we expect and made the shippers and receivers step up to the plate. And I think the point that I'm trying to make is. We as drivers have got to start looking outside the box a little bit, maybe start cooperating with the companies in some areas saying, hey, we want to make more money, but we also realize some of these big retailers are screwing you out of money as well because they're keeping your truck in that dock too long. They are using you as, you know, if you've got a reefer. There are places that I, I delivered to. I knew I'd be there for at least six hours minimum being unloaded. Why? They were using my, my reefer as a cooler because their cooler was too small and it was cheaper to keep me in the dock and use my, my, my reefer as a cooler than it was to build on an addition to handle what they needed. So, but did your company pay you detention time? Yeah, they paid detention time. But, okay. but the thing, you know, as long as you got on there on time and and, 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 and whatever, but still, at the end of the day, that could mess up my next load. And, and that's where a lot of drivers start, you know, freaking out. But a lot of it also, that's why it says you can't worry so much by the day. You've got to look at it, in, in my opinion, in a little, you know, bigger thing. You know, I have figured out how many miles I need a week in, in order to make the minimum amount of money I feel is acceptable. So, and my dispatcher knows that, and he looks at my hours, and he always does his best to exceed that. But if he sees that, you know, it's one of those weeks where things is going wrong, and I'm, let's say, 500 miles short of where I need to be to my minimum goal, he'll make, he'll do his best to give me a trip that will that will work with my hours, that will make sure I make that minimum goal before my next paycheck. So a lot of it is communication, and, and you know, the, comp- the big companies, you know, because the other thing that when, when uh, Pat was saying a few things, 
is the other thing is I look at this. If I'm out on the road for a week, ten days at a time, I'm not having to pay if I'm a company driver. I'm getting a few benefits that most other people who have jobs don't. Uh, I've got an APU, so I don't pay for my electricity, my heat, my air conditioning. My company's paying for that. Even if I didn't, if I idled my truck, they're still paying for the fuel to provide all of that. There are certain things as a driver that we get certain benefits of that the general populace doesn't have. Now, that said, we've also got a lot of downside, too. And does that little bit of positive outweigh what we're paid? We can argue that all day. And to be perfectly honest, I think, well, we get some benefit. We also need to improve the pay. But I think the big thing as drivers is we have to stop looking at the way, this is the way it's always been done, and start looking and saying, all right, how can we make things better within the rules that we've got? I think Bob said it perfectly, is learn how to maximize your EOBR. Uh, a lot of guys say they can't make more money off of it. Well, I actually in some ways have found my wages have went up because my my fleet manager is now able to ensure that he's utilizing the most pr- productive way possible, and I'm no longer getting loads dispatched to me that there's no way I could ever make because they know for sure exactly how many hours I have down to the minute. But the question is, and 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 I have to ask everybody, and I've got another caller I'm going to pick up too. Um, do you feel? that the way the wages are now, the formula, that A, does it affect safety? B, does it affect driver health? Now, we know the lifestyle uh, does affect driver health, just being out on the road. Now, combine that with the way the wages are paid. Who believes that it does affect driver health? Yeah, well, I'll answer this real quick, and I've got to, I've got to go about a customer. But I think the easiest way to look at it is it's a wheel with the driver in the center, and you know the overall trucking industry is kind of the, the hub around it. And all these items you just mentioned are the spokes. They all affect the driver to some extent. It, it's just a case where you know it, 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 it's we're not in isolation. We're not in a vacuum. So everything affects everything else. And, you know, if you look at the wheel, you can look at it as a web. But everything does affect everything. The question really comes back to the driver. How do you choose to let it affect you? Do you choose to let it stew and bother you, or do you choose to be proactive, or do you choose to accept it, or do you choose to go out there and change your circumstance? And, you know, we always keep saying with the driver, you're the one with the keys. You're the final authority in terms of safety. Well, you know, if you don't feel safe because of weather, you you know, it's your obligation to park. If you don't feel you're safe because of wages, then you need to figure out how to change that, whether that's by advocating for new wages or switching to a job or, or an aspect of the industry where you can make more money. But, yes, it all, the short answer is, Donna, yes, wages do affect your health, but it really is up to the driver how it affects your health. It's up so, to the driver how it affects bottom line your safety is, as well. Yeah, sorry, I, I mean, if you're pushing to get, you know, more miles, and I think a lot of people do, uh, I can definitely see where – where that would affect uh, safety, but that goes back to the wage. If you're not making enough 
Mm-hmm. And you're in that kind of a position where you say, okay, I have to send mm-hmm. home X amount of dollars and it doesn't look like I'm going to make it. I better really, you know, push it and do the speed limit. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, go over the speed limit. Maybe they're just, you know, not going to rest if they really are tired or something like that. Um, it, does it affect safety? And, and, I mean, as an outsider looking in, not being a driver, just logically, I would have to say yes um, if you're at the low end of the pay scale and you need X amount of dollars to um, for you and your family to survive. So I had to answer yes to that. Um, I'm going to pick up area code uh, 314. Uh, 314, you're live. Is that me, Hello? Donna? Anna? Yes. This is Linda. Hello. Kathy? Can you hear me? Linda, Kathy. Oh, hey, Linda. Hi, Linda. How are, How are you? you? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> so let's hear your two cents in on this. Well, I, I've i been listening to it, and, and like Tom, I've been involved with this, getting paid for everything you, you're doing. And I look at how the big companies are starting to squeal over the hours of service and the half-hour break. And I, I hear owner-operators or drivers upset over that half-hour break. And I, I think about, you know, when I when I worked at the county courthouse, we had a 15-minute break in the morning, we had a 15-minute break in the afternoon. And if they didn't give us it to us, how bad we were going to be upset. And I, I think as drivers, that half-hour break is important to get us to stop and get us out and walking or moving around. And I, so it goes back to more miles, more pay. The the bigger companies are not wanting us to um, quit making up for the inadequacies of the shippers and receivers, which on paper logs was a lot easier to do. Um, We've also been running an EOBR for a long time, and as an owner-operator, it's easier as a team. I, I will say that, you know, if Bob runs out of hours, I can take over and drive. But that EOBR is what is going to force the companies to start paying people because of that 14-hour clock. And I, so I think that it is a good thing. I think the EOBRs are a good thing. You know, I, we have several friends that have their own authority, and they don't ever have a bad day. Every day is sunny. Every shipper is on time, unloading them or loading them, and you're not going to get them to tell you anything different. They always have somebody nipping at their heels that wants to take their freight away from them. And if they call their sh- their receiver or their shipper and say, hey, I was held up at my last load, there's somebody else waiting right there to take their load away from them. So their money depends on them making pickup and delivery on time no matter what happens. And and so they always have a sunny day. So I, I'm an advocate for the EOBRs, and it, there's no more sunny days. It is what it is. And then the other thing I was thinking about is how when we're exhausted and we're hungry, how often we make bad food choices. And we're often exhausted and hungry because we ran too many hours. And Mm -hmm. we were stuck in traffic or whatever, and our nerves are shot. And then when, when we don't get enough miles like Tom was talking about, we don't make the money we need to make each day or each week. And when we have to choose whether to put fuel in the truck or sit down and eat a healthy meal, we're going to go to McDonald's where we can eat for a couple bucks and get full. So there's a lot of hard decisions that we have to make 
And I think our income is directly related to our health. Absolutely. Those I, are my I totally agree. <laughs> right. I so, like so, so let me just uh, say then, you, you do believe that wages affect health and safety? Yes. Okay. And, like and Linda, you're one of the people who cooks on your truck. I mean, you you you're an advocate for truck driver health. So, yes. I know if you're stopping off at McDonald's, that's a big sacrifice <laughs> for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be. Um, I can't even imagine it, but I can see how it can happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's sometimes what are you going to do? I mean, it's the lifestyle, and and yes, you know, it's a chosen lifestyle. However, yes. should it be a compensated lifestyle? And I think it should. And I think everybody on the line tonight thinks the same thing. Does anybody think differently? I, I can watch it, but I don't think it's yeah. going to happen. You don't think the wages are going to change, Bob? Again, we work in a business. We have to look at the business realities of the, the, the field we work in. We can want something, but whether that is a business reality that can happen is another whole choice. Okay, so, but what do you think about this driver shortage? How do you think they're going to get people in? I mean, what is it that is going to draw people into an industry that includes a lot of sacrifices and with a pay scale of 20 years ago and a model that, is forcing people to uh, be unsafe and affect their health. I mean, well, that's let's go back. You, okay, you're starting with an assumption that the pay per mile forces people to be unsafe. I think it's whether someone perceives that they have to push to make more money. That's part of what you learn as an experienced driver is looking at, you know, you, yeah, you may need to back off today for whatever reason, whether it's traffic or weather. It's learning to look at what will be your miles for the week or what will your miles for the month and making realistic goals for the week or the month because you know you're going to have some of those good days and some of those bad days. But my question is, if if the wages are still 20 years behind time and you're only making, you know, let's let's talk about the the new drivers and let's just say they're making 30 cents a mile which which isn't a lot. I mean, it really isn't. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt that they're making 30 cents a mile um well, when in reality it's probably out. much less. Would you 30? think they would be pushing if they were making 50 cents a mile? Does anybody think they're making enough money? And well, that's another. Every, in any I field, anywhere. That up. I was going to bring Nobody, that up. Nobody, everybody wants to make more money. So even if we were right. paying a dollar fifty a mile, we would probably think we should be making more than a dollar fifty a mile. And and here's the thing, Bob. This this is I wanted to bring this up too, and and have everybody's thoughts on this. You know, salary, the word salary has uh, come up many, many times um, that I've heard over the years. And I've heard Alan discuss it with a few people. And the bottom line is, from what I've read from carriers, and tell me if I'm wrong, they don't want to pay salary 
because then drivers wouldn't push. In other words, they'd they'd get lazy. Well, I'm already going to make this, so, you know, why should I push? Now, exactly. This is why an hourly base salary kind of works. A driver is being paid to do what they're told to do. Remember, a, a driver's job duties are defined in the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Regulations. If, if the safety regulations in, require that a driver take a 10-hour break, he is, in effect, doing his job by taking a 10-hour break. If he doesn't take that 10-hour break, he could be terminated. So, it, it, like it or not, the way I see it, that 10-hour break should be paid, Okay. Um, by having a salary in place, an hourly base salary, you can add to or deduct from it. If a, if a driver is not mm-hmm. producing, he can be fired. You've got the tool in the truck, the ELD in the truck. You know his location. You know what time he was where. It's very easy to see, oh, he's been at the truck stop or the game shop or the chrome shop or whatever, goofing off, not producing. I'm paying him okay. to produce, you see. So this works with an ELD. As a matter of fact, it is because of the ELD why we need a system like this. The, the carriers are going to demand to get as much time as they can within the legal working limit. Um, so now we've got to change from, from production incentive to uh, I've got a good paying job incentive. I got a good paying job and I want to get a raise incentive like the rest of the world works off of. And hey, guess what? If you're not doing your job, because trucking pays a decent living, in my opinion, uh, there's going to be more people wanting to come in and fill those seats. So I think it's a, it's a plus all the, every way, from every direction I look at it. The salary you're talking about, right, Pat? Yes. And again, letter of the law ELDs do not exist. But if we look at the regulations, look at how this is going to affect you. Once you leave the parking spot to drive 150 feet to back it into a door, your time clock, your 14 hours has started. And guess what? The shippers aren't paying for your time. They don't care how long you sit there. That's what I was going to comment earlier on. By having an hourly based salary, they're paying for it. Even if you're only making seven twenty five an hour hourly rate salary, they're paying mm-hmm. for it. If the, the the company or the shipper requires you to go on the dock, now you log that on duty not driving at a cost of nineteen eighty eight an hour to the company. So now the company's got to say, wait a minute. Do we want this driver burning their their time up on the dock, or do we want them sitting in their truck? It's all about managing money and time. One question, though. Shippers and receivers are going to pay a flat dollar amount to move a load of freight from point A to point B. If it's a company driver situation... And again, the number I've heard is that wages are about 33%. If we go to an hourly pay scale for drivers where carriers can't predict 
how long it's going to take to move that load of freight from point A to point B, how do we expect carriers to bid on the freight? Well, well the freight again, rates are going to have to go up. Again. They don't how, have how does, how does yes. one carrier price that load versus another carrier? When you can't predict how long it'll take to move the load. Hold on, go ahead, Linda. What were you going to say? Uh, Donna, I I did a blog about uh, sweatshops. And Mm -hmm. when they could use kids inside of all the factories, the law got passed that they could no longer use kids. And the world was going to come to an end. And it was really an interesting controversy to read about how all of these factories were going to go out of business because they could no longer use children. Mm-hmm. And I compare that to what we're going through now. The companies are going to have to start paying in order to get people to do this job. The companies have to figure out either how to cut their budgets, how to retain people instead of recruiting people. Right. So the carrier is the one with the problem, not us as drivers. We need exactly. to be paid fairly. The carriers have to take care of themselves because really we are and in I a remember your post. situation. I remember that post. It was really good. If I may, I've talked to several small carriers. I've told them my proposal. They say, gee, that's lovely. We'd love to pay our drivers more, but we cannot pay our drivers more unless they pay their drivers more. So it it all is hinging off of the, the, the company that's allowed to pay their drivers the least. Those drivers are what we are all competing against. Cheap freight relies on cheap labor. As long as there's cheap labor, there's going to be cheap freight. Exactly. Granted, some some companies may be able to absorb it. I'm willing to absorb a loss if it gets me where I want to go so I can make money. But that's my decision to make. A company driver doesn't have that option. All a company driver has the option of, is, hey, I'm logging into work on Friday, and I intend to log out of work three weeks from now on Saturday. What do I get in between? They have to rely on the carrier. In other words, the carrier uh, can either let them sit or work them. It depends on the whim of the carrier, what their needs are to make money for themselves, to make profit to the carrier. If we look at a cost per mile, I believe it was the ACA, uh, read it three or four months ago, I believe it was $1.64 a mile is what the ACA said their companies, it was costing their companies to operate a truck. Now, of course, that includes labor, $1.64 a mile. Well, you know what? If labor costs went up, and this is easily, easily done, you look at your average of your labor force, bring me an average of, $1,400 a week per truck labor cost, now they can work their freight rates off of that because the driver is paid 24-7 in a salary-type situation. Companies have solid numbers to work off of to bid their freight rates with. Take the driver out of the equation. Allow the driver to do as they are supposed to do, operate safely and legally. Get plenty of rest as required by law. Nobody tells me when to go to bed when I'm at home. 
But when I'm in the truck, I am required to take this break time. It's just like putting diesel in the truck. The truck is required to have diesel. If it doesn't, it don't, don't go. If I don't have my 10-hour break, I don't go. Diesel ain't free. Well, that, and with that note, we're going to take a little break. Everybody hang on with us. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website site truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Okay, everybody, we're back. Uh, we're talking about um, truck driver health and how it's affected by the wage, the, the wage uh, platform, the formula, and also the rates that are uh, 20 years behind times in the industry. Um, we're getting ready to roll, uh, roll it out right now, so we're going to wind down. But if you, uh, I see a lot of people on here. If you want a quick question, you want to jump in. Uh, with everybody, I've got everybody's lines open. The number is uh, three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. But you have to put press one on your keypad so I can see. Um, so I see a lot of people on here, and I don't. I'm not sure if they're just listening or if they really want to be a part of the show. So if you do want to be a part of the show, just click one on your keypad. Now getting back to um, to the safety and health being affected by wages. I think everybody on the call here tonight agrees that it is. Am, am I correct? Is there anybody on here tonight? Um, I, I've got your lines open, the people who, who are in the conversation, who don't feel that wages, the way they're paid and the rate they're paid, uh, is affecting safety and truck driver health. Are we all on the same page? Yes. The method okay. they're being paid work wages definitely affects safety. It also affects health in the sense of being able to take time out, wasting that 14-hour clock, and you know to produce pieces 
you can't stop and take a break. You feel like you've got to grab that hamburger on the fly, whatever. Um, okay, Linda, you know, thank you. I, I was thinking we were going to talk more about health, and, and what we're doing right now is very healthy. We're exchanging ideas. But do we do that when we're in the truck stops? Do we talk about this as civil, you know, civil people? Are we able to have nice, calm conversations? Are we able to agree that we disagree? Everybody out there, is, you've got something to say to somebody, but is there anybody there waiting, willing to listen? I think this has a drastic effect on, on health, mental health, if you want to call it that. Oh, I think it has a, a tremendous effect on mental health, too. I find that uh, a lot of drivers um, are lonely, and I think there's a, a, a large anger. I mean, did you did anybody read the post Jeff Head put up today? I was floored by by this. Hold on, I'm going to find it. He he met up with a fella at a truck stop who felt like every other driver out on the road. And I'm reading this. I copied and pasted it. Every other driver out on the road was intentionally blocking him in speeding up or slowing down on purpose or in some way, shape, or form intentionally to screw up his forward motion. And, you know, I, I think, well, did driving cause that? Or, or you know, was there a problem prior to that? Or, or what what's going on with that? And, uh, uh, but according to him, it was his right to take his truck and start pushing, shoving, and tailgating the other drivers because they're all out there to get them. I mean, that that was, I, I tell you what, and I thought to myself, I wonder, you know, has driving created this? Has has the, the need to make more money to push yourself, or was there a, you know, a screw loose prior to that, which makes you wonder about the hiring tactics? So, either way, you know, it's a no-win. But, uh, I don't know. I just, I just couldn't believe it. Um, I, I, th- I read that, and, and I thought about it. And, and I've never been that drastic. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But I have had moments behind the wheel thinking to myself, God, God, don't these people realize I'm at work here? They're slowing me down. They're taking money out of my pocket. You know, where those thoughts have gone through my mind. And, again, that's peace work related. So... Right. Is this is what driving so, this man to this extreme peace work? Oh, who knows? You know, like I said, I mean, maybe there was something wrong before he even got into the industry. Maybe the industry just kind of exaggerated. I don't know, but it's kind of scary thinking, you know, there's people who, hey, listen, I, I got a series of emails in my email box. I forwarded them all over to Alan for him to read. But it was a series of emails that that was saying that this gentleman absolutely felt that the um, state troopers, the police, and the DOT were all out to get him. And I, I didn't. I mean, I felt bad because you know he really believed it. I mean, these were long, lengthy emails. Okay, they weren't like little blurbs. They were you know 500 words at least. And um, it does make you then, wonder, you know, uh, about he, the, he, the stress. He's, he's, he's crying out then, isn't he? If he's writing this down in email, he's asking oh, yeah. for help, so to speak. 
So yeah, I mean, I up to help this man. Who does he have to right. turn to? Has he lost uh, his wife and family because he doesn't make enough money, which happens all the time? How healthy is that? You know. Oh well, you know, he's a, I, I forgot who we referred him to, but um, you know, it was, you know, definitely a a, a serious issue. You you could see when when you're that. I, I guess the only word to use is paranoid. I mean, I, I don't know about another word to use um, when you think people are, are at the end. But, but it, I've come across young thing. drivers that were paranoid. Their girlfriend was out with another man, this, that, and the other. And that's when they need somebody to talk to and say, you know, if it's meant to be, it will be. If it's not meant to be, you're going to find out soon enough. They don't think like that, you see. They need a, a little bit of experience to listen, number one, and then offer simple solutions. That backs these people up. That gives them a little bit of reinforcement. That allows them to correct the way their mind wants to, you know, carry them off in other directions. Astronauts go through all kinds of psychological training and whatnot to be up in space with four or five other individuals. I'm in a truck by myself all day long. Because of the 14-hour rule, I don't go to truck stops. I live at shippers and receivers. So who is there for me to reach out to and to communicate with? This is something that we're at a loss of in this industry. We need to be there for one another. This is Jerry. May I jump in here for a moment? Sure. Yes. May I jump in here for a moment? Yes, who is this? This is Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, uh, did I open your lineup? I don't see your line opened up. Donna, Donna, I'm sorry. I'm coming through Linda. Yes, me. It's Jerry Fritz that that Tom was talking about that has been advocating this for quite a while, has the documents. Um, He called me, and I knew that this was a topic that would interest him. Oh, wonderful. I'd like to to throw some... I'd like to throw something out here for discussion, folks. This is all based on industry documents and industry studies. Truckload Carriers Association determined oh, 10, 14 years ago the average driver spent about 40 hours a week in the loading and unloading process. Due to the 34-hour restart, we can actually legally be on duty 80 to 90 hours a week driving. That's somewhere around 120 to 130-hour work week. In the international espionage community, sleep deprivation is known as torture. And the first thing it produces is all these psychological imbalances, just like you're talking before about, you know, people thinking other people, whatever the word is. But, I mean, uh, somebody tell me this isn't true. This is a trucking industry's own numbers. Whether that sleep deprivation is self-imposed, or imposed by management carriers or shippers, it's still chronic sleep deprivation, and it will throw people into psychological imbalance. Yes, mm. and I and I totaled that. Matter of fact, that was a part of my notes tonight, and I didn't think we were going to get to it. Uh, it was sleep deprivation and the effects of it. So I'm so glad you called um, in to to share that with us. And these are all just, documented just, studies, by the way. The TCA. Truckload Carriers Association published a study. I have it. Just to confirm one thing, you were talking. 
just to confirm one thing, you were talking about hours in a work week with the 34-hour restart. Are you sure those numbers are correct with the revisions well, that only allow you one restart in a six-day period? Right. Even even with one restart, do this. I've been in the business all my life. It used to be we started Saturday midnight. If we ran 8 and 10, 8 and 10, we were out of hours Thursday afternoon. We couldn't run to the following Sunday night. When the 34, the first one, the one we're working on now occurred, I thought, wait a minute, we've got to be working more hours per month. I sat down and drew circles, 24-hour work rest cycles. When you work an eight-day week, you work a 32-day month. When you sit down and just take and draw simple circles, you can work 5.2 70-hour work rest cycles in the same 32 days that you can only do four 70-hour work rest cycles previously. I know when I was driving a tanker, 24-hour load, 24-hour offload, I could burn my 70 hours up in five days do a 34-hour restart, and get back after it. I could legally log, and I don't remember the exact number, but 80-plus hours in an eight-day period. This is, on the one hand, legal per the 34-hour restart, but it's illegal compared to the 70- and 88-hour-day period law. So it can be done under the right circumstances. Now, sleep deprivation. Back in the day... When logbooks didn't exist, you know, we would run, and we would run hard, and we would sleep every opportunity. And even then, that's something you had to train yourself to do. I couldn't run a mile if I wanted to today, but if I started working out at it, at the end of the month, I could run a mile. It's no different with trucking. You've got to train to do this job, but we're not put into a position today where we need to train because of the regulations. So people are out there trying to do what we used to do, and we work and train to do what we used to do. They're trying to do what we used to do unsuccessfully, and we are all paying the price for that. I have no argument about having rules and regulations, but they need to be applicable. Right. Right. Well, yeah, By the I'm way, gonna, I'm, I'm third gonna... generation in the business, and I don't ever remember a time that we didn't have logbooks. You mean you didn't? Yeah, I know what you're saying, Jerry. But back in the day, we used to manipulate those logbooks, throw trips away, move our hours around. Mm-hmm. I only ran 200 miles yesterday, so I'm going to run 800 miles today, so I can average 500 miles every day. That was possible. Um, we were fooled for doing it, but we did it. We did it legally. Back in the day, you go into a scale house, and the scale master calls you in, looks at you and says, you look like you're sick. I'm shutting down for eight hours. And you would thank him. Thank you, sir. I do feel bad. Thank you. That was your excuse for going to bed. You know, it's different today. And it's different today exactly because of the way we used to run outlaw. So the, the problem now is how do we run legal and still maintain a decent living wage? Well, the, the, the way I see it, it sounds like wages need to go up, whether it be um, 
cents per mile or which, um, you know, I don't know if that's or being, like uh, Tom said, the hybrid system or uh, or a salary, a straight salary, which I know the trucking companies don't want to go for. They're afraid they're, it's going to create lazy drivers from what I've read. And, What's uh, lazy driver? uh, I mean, really don't want to about push. it. But, but, but miles are being rationed out today in order to fulfill uh, the CSA, the hours of service, and maintain good CSA scores. Companies are managing their driver's time right now today as we speak. Uh, if there's a glut of drivers, then there are drivers sitting without work because there's only so much work to be had. I didn't show up at work today not to work. I'm at work every day to earn money. You know, it's it's it's, it's definitely about money. How do we oh, come upon is. a system? How do we come it upon a system? It just needs to be fair. That, yeah, it's exactly that. It's fair to the driver, fair to the company, and fair to the public. Remember, the public is at risk with drivers that are pushing themselves too hard to make pieces, to produce pieces. Hey, I'm going to By the way, this is Jerry for... again. Go ahead. Linda. Go ahead, Jerry. I, I can get this to Linda because I don't know how to do the Facebook stuff. But I have an interesting portfolio I'm carrying with me. I talked to a class for Great West Casualty in Memphis back in November. I put it together in a nice form. Everything is documented. I actually have pay sheets, pay settlements from 1978. The driver pay was 23.423 cents a mile. And nine thirty nine an hour, twenty three four three two cents a mile today, according to the inflation calculator, would be eighty three cents a mile. Nine thirty nine an hour for any non driving work would be thirty three sixty six an hour. Eighty cents a mile that Landstar was paying on a mileage operation and only lasted a year because the drivers weren't making enough money. In nineteen eighty five was eighty cents a mile. That would be a dollar eighty-one today, right there out of an owner-operator's paycheck on a hundred thousand mile a year. Today, that driver, that same driver, there's a hundred thousand dollars not showing up in his settlements. I got all this documented. I have a report that was done by Cass Information Systems or the American Trucking Association, showing that truckload drivers are making forty-one thousand dollars a year. In the year 2000, and the LTL drivers are making 72. That truckload driver is still making $41,000 and performing 20% more work per month than he did 15 years ago. Right. And, and that's the point to the whole thing. And how could it not uh, affect health and stress and safety? when we're talking about, you know, these these kinds of numbers um from from years ago. So I think I think everybody's on the same page. Hey, I want to make an announcement while I've got everybody on the line cuz uh we're real excited about this Alan and I. Um we want to congratulate Rick Ash. Uh yesterday was the ceremony, the signing and unveiling at the TA in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh Rick recently honored for being selected by Travel Centers of America. <coughs> as a recipient of their second annual TA Petro Citizen Driver Award in 2015. Uh, the, the award is given out annually to drivers for their uh, contributions, not only to the trucking industry and their community, but also for their safe driving and leadership. And each
each award recipient does receive a CA Petro named in their honor. So, again, congratulations, Rick Ash. Um, I think we have another uh, recipient of last year on the line tonight. Linda, didn't you have a, a, weren't you a recipient of the award last year? Jerry Fritz yes, was a recipient of the award. I believe it yeah, Jerry I was the yeah, Memphis. Yeah, I was the Memphis. Lyndon Bob Ward, yeah. yeah. Okay. I have the, we have the Petro out in Las Vegas, and Jerry Fritz has the Petro in Memphis. Correct. Oh, well, congratulations to the two of you also. And uh, I think Rick was on the line earlier, but he, he must have had to go or he dropped off. Um, I'm looking down with all these numbers. No, I don't see no, I think I think Rick dropped off. I believe he was at a shipper. Okay. So, but anyway, we want to say congratulations. Now, does anybody know the other four recipients uh, this year? Weren't there five? Yeah. I do. I do. I know Sandy Long. She does a oh, lot of right. work on Facebook. She takes yes, care of the women uh-huh. in trucking Facebook too. Um, right, Gary right. Uh, Booch. Mm-hmm. She did the Oak Grove Petro or Oak Grove PA. Uh, Gary uh, Booch is a Landstar uh, owner operator, and he takes one in Indiana or two okay. that I know personally. So and great group of people. It? Yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah. Those are I know this year. Well, you know, it's such, a, such an exciting thing, you know, and uh, a lot of times people aren't recognized for all the work they do and their effort and commitment, and um, this is this is a nice thing. So, uh, congratulations to Rick. I just wanted to get at that in there because we are, you know, winding down. Um, uh, Pat. Um, did you have any uh, closing words, Jerry? Well, I, um, I, I don't know if I interrupted I'm, you. Huh? No, I'm, that's fine. I just want to say that I'm honored to be in the presence of these remarkable drivers, and I'm, I'm thankful they were setting such a good example for us all to follow. Well, we appreciate we appreciate all of them too, and um, we appreciate you coming on the air tonight and sharing all this, and I. Everybody who's listening, and I know a lot of people listen to the replays, you know, you can look at this whole model that uh, Pat has out there on truckersunited.org, and you just click on the menu on top. It says JoJo's Papers. You can, um, you can download it. But if you, if you read it, it's pretty involved and lengthy, but you'll, you'll see where he gets the hourly rate when actually, it, and tell me if I'm wrong, but... It's just a way to establish a reasonable salary rather than actually saying, you know, you're getting paid by the hour. It was just kind of used as part of the um, creating the salary type of thing. Right, um, Pat? Isn't, am I interpreting that? Yes, exactly. Like I say, I see it as a way to kind of try and establish, make, make time have value, make experience have value, and we didn't really talk so much about this, so I'll throw it in. A level five driver, a journeyman driver, a season driver, should have uh, exemptions from the hours of service as we know them today. And that would make that driver more valuable to themselves and their ability to earn more money and to the carrier because they could earn the carrier more money as well. Plus, it gives us the, the, the flexibility that we need 
and flexibility will allow us to actually be safer drivers. Uh, this 14-hour rule may be great as a beginning point for a novice driver to work their way up through, but, you know, we're not all the same. We've got to have some way of measuring experience and value, uh, not just this, you're only worth 10 cents a mile, 30 cents a mile stuff. This is not the right. way the real world works. Well, I- as far as I'm concerned, if this driver shortage thing is ever really seriously going to be addressed, they are going to have to look at the the, the pay rate or the model, however they want to do it, uh, because that's going to be the bottom line. I read an article, and I don't know if how many else listening has read this article, but it more or less said, well, the newer generation, it's not about money. They don't care about money. They want to feel like they're doing something worthy. And they'll pass up a $100,000 a year job and take a $40,000 if they think it's for a worthy cause. And I'm shaking my head, and, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, that's crazy. Who in the world, I mean, I, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe that. I don't believe the study. I mean, it, there's probably a lot of variables in that question that wasn't, you know, the details weren't shared, just the results. And uh, let's face it, we all have to live. So, you know. I was going to say, if this is the same article I wrote, this was uh, basically put out of the opinion of a management company that manages several of the mega carriers that, in fact, pay 18 cents a mile to their beginning drivers. If it's the same right. one I'm thinking of, I, I don't. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, I remember uh, Alan posted it up on Facebook, and I and I and I was going through, and I saw it, and I opened it up, and I thought, oh my goodness, I don't believe that. Um, that that's impossible. So anyway, but th- this is to me, it's just you know we'll try to figure anything we possibly can out, except raise the the salaries. So, if you're uh, making a hundred thousand dollars a year and you only want forty thousand of it, you can give the other sixty away to charity. There's a lot of people that would gladly take that excess, if you want to call it that. Well, you know, so, I, I like I said, I don't know what the variables were in the experiment or in the or in the survey. You know, they don't give those details. I'd like to see the actual survey and the way the question was asked. You know. Yeah. So that that would play a big part in that answer. Bottom line is you've got to pay people for their sacrifice, for the, all their time they work, and if you do, you will get people coming in the industry, and that's just how I feel about it. I don't know if quality I help. Quality help requires quality pay. You get what absolutely. you pay for. And then uh, the hiring, that, that's another thing, the whole hiring process and the caliber of people that you're that you're desiring, well, you've got to pay them, you know? I mean, what was that uh, video I saw the other day? I was telling you, Pat, uh, the woman over at um, Smart Trucking, she used the phrase that Alan and yeah. I used, you, you want to... Um, what is it about the peanuts? Yeah, yeah. You want to pay peanuts? Something like that, wasn't it? You want to pay peanuts yeah, and expect peanuts, monkeys? Yeah, you get monkeys, you know. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and I laughed so hard when she said that, but, you know, it's kind of true. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't have highly skilled 
responsible people and not pay them, period. Well, uh, let's, and, let's give a shout-out to Smart Trucking while we're there. Now, they're on the Canadian side, on the northern border side. Uh, they're doing a lot of work towards this, and they have been for quite a while. Um, I think right. we need to give them a shout-out. They have a lot well, of yep. remarkable videos that, that really bring it home to you in a very understandable way. Yes, they do. I was looking at some of them, and they're really, really good videos. Um, uh, well, with that, we are definitely winding down. I want to thank everybody, um, and you, thank you for all hanging on the line. It's been two hours, and I really appreciate it. Um, we've got Jerry and Linda. And who else is on here? Bob's on here. I'm looking at, uh, uh, and I think everybody else, or Tom had to leave. I've got a little notice here that he had to drop off. And all the listeners that are still hanging in here, boy, I appreciate you hanging on these two hours. I hope you've enjoyed this show. So with that, uh, we are going to close. I'm going to, oh, I just want to announce that Paul Taylor is coming on June 13th. He's going to talk full stack reporting and the remedies uh, against it. And uh, also on uh, May 28th, that's next Wednesday, we're going to have Doc on call uh, 24-7, 365. Talk to a certified doctor um, on your webcam, on your phone, uh, prescribed medications, colds, allergies, flus, urinary tract infections, all kinds of things. I can't wait to talk to them. This is something that the uh, trucking industry badly needs, especially those who don't have insurance. Um, You can also download their prescription card right now um, from their website, and uh, I'll put a post up on uh, Facebook after after the show for that prescription card, too, and you can just download it and use it right now. Um, So they'll be on. Then we have Dr. Rosarian and Elaine Papp. They're going to come on and talk about uh, the... um, the diabetes uh, exemption, the the new rule that, you know, is giving all the, they're really putting it into the, the medical examiner's hands to um, base insulin uh, diabetics who before needed an exemption. Well, they're going to talk about that and their views on that, the pros, the cons, and uh, there's going to be an article posted actually, um, I think, in the next couple of days on North American Trucking Alerts. Um, everybody who, uh, if you want to be a part of the social media, having your voice heard, please go to truckingsocialmedia.com. You have a video that's going to help edify the industry. Post it. All we need is your URL. There's a, In the right-hand corner, there's a Submit Video button. You put your link on there. What we'll do is we'll take it, we'll put it up, we'll do a write-up with a link back to your website or your Facebook page or wherever you want it. And be a part of this voice for the trucking industry. So that's truckingsocialmedia.com. Uh, check it out. There's a whole free resource page. If you want to be on the resource page, just let us know. This is to bring unity to the trucking industry. It's to edify it and to bring us together with all our conversations, just like tonight. So, uh, again, thank you very much for coming on the show. And until next time, uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
for all those burning those flags out there, this one's for you. An eastward smile crinkled his eyes. You know the kind I mean. He was chiseled strong steel, a trained Navy SEAL. But he said, I'm just part of a team. He was in his dress blues there on the news, talking about that damn war. When somebody asked about his part, what he was fighting for. He said, my country, my family, my friends, and the right to be free. I'll give all if I must to protect what is precious to me. No matter the price, I'll pay it all, and I'll do it willingly. And I won't back down, I won't give ground, all for liberty. Material things don't mean a thing. They can all be replaced Take my car, my home I'll get along We all have problems we face Then his fist clenched up tight His knuckles went white Said I'll draw the line in the sand Try to take from me One piece of liberty It'll be out of these two dead hands He said my country, my family, my friends And the right to be free I'll give all if I must To protect what is precious to me No matter I'll pay it all And I'll do it willingly And I won't back down I won't give ground All for liberty The crowd got up and cheered But he couldn't stand And I said a silent prayer for that man I can't imagine the hell when those rockets fell and he left part of his life there in the sand he said no matter the price I'll pay it all and I'll do it willingly and I won't back down I won't 